the Bible, the book that has changed the world by changing lives around the world. Men and women, young and old, the Bible has changed my life. The love, stability, and hope that I need, they're all found in the Bible. The Bible gives me hope that a new day is coming. The Bible is helping me see what really matters. The Bible Live is a -a one-of-a-kind, first-time-in-history radio program. Offering you the chance to hear a 15 to 20 minute Bible reading each weeknight. The entire Bible, every year. Hear the scriptures, then call in with your comments and questions. This is the best show in the world. Well, actually, I was speaking against everything you were talking about before, and uh, now I, I stand humbly corrected. I'm a pastor, and our people really need to know the word more. The Bible also transformed the life of your Bible Live host. A full-blooded Apache Indian, born out of wedlock and abandoned at birth, Soapy Dollar was found in a big city alley by a kind-hearted fortune teller, then passed around to 16 families before he was six years old. Placed in a home for homeless and delinquent boys, Soapy Dollar heard the Bible's life-changing message at the age of eight, and the course of his life was changed. He's an American Indian guitar playing all around rodeo cowboy. I keep my thumb between the pages and my heart in the book. With more degrees than a thermometer and over 40 years of introducing folks just like you to the God of the Bible. Here is Soapy Dollar. And we are here. We are here ready to start the program. Thanking you for being along as well. As I've told you before, there's a little bit going on here just before we come on the air. And I would use this occasion to remind you that you can always hear the program live streamed on the Internet each and every evening at kslr.com. That's like King, Savior, Lord, Redeemer, kslr.com. You can catch it there each and every evening live streamed and, of course, archived as well. Tonight we are finishing the Gospel of John. I know you'll enjoy that as we read through the last chapters of this wonderful book. We come now to these climactic, dramatic moments of the death of Jesus, his resurrection, and the conclusion that the Apostle John draws from his life and ministry. We'll get to all of that, John chapters 18 through 21, but right now we go to our wisdom and worship segment, these nuggets of wisdom from the Proverbs. We've gotten to chapter 11, verse 14. Tonight we pick up at verse 15, There is advice about money. There's advice about our love life. There's advice about every area of life. Practical suggestions from the Lord himself. On the Bible Live. Proverbs 11, verses 15 through 31. Guaranteeing a loan for a stranger is dangerous. It is better to refuse than to suffer later. Beautiful women obtain wealth and violent men get rich. Your own soul is nourished when you are kind, but you destroy yourself when you are cruel. Evil people get rich for the moment, but the reward of the godly will last. Godly people find life, evil people find death. The Lord hates people with twisted hearts, but He delights in those who have integrity. You can be sure that evil people will be punished, but the children of the godly will go free. A woman who is beautiful but lacks discretion is like a gold ring in a pig's snout. The godly can look forward to happiness, while the wicked can expect only wrath. 
it is possible to give freely and become more wealthy but those who are stingy will lose everything the generous prosper and are satisfied those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed people curse those who hold their grain for higher prices but they bless the one who sells to them in their time of need if you search for good you will find favor but if you search for evil it will find you trust in your money and down you go but the godly flourish like leaves in spring those who bring trouble on their families inherit only the wind the fool will be a servant to the wise the godly are like trees that bear life-giving fruit and those who save lives are wise if the righteous are rewarded here on earth how much more true that the wicked and the sinner will get what they deserve end of reading proverbs 11 15 through 31 You're listening to The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. He is indeed risen. And we are reading now the final chapters of the Gospel of John tonight, written by the one who is thought to be the youngest of the twelve disciples, John, whom the Lord loved. I'll bet they all took kind of a little interest for the youngest one among them. They were all teenagers, it is understood, only Peter and Jesus, perhaps being old enough to pay the temple tax. They were young men following the Messiah. They have followed him through thick and thin. They've had their ups and downs. They often did not understand things, and they often failed. And we all know about their failures because we're looking with perfect hindsight, right? And yet we still fail from time to time and, and often exactly. So we have to be careful about being too hard on the disciples. Now Jesus has been arrested. The disciples have fled, as was predicted by the Scriptures. Jesus had told them before that these were to be expected and now he stands trial. He went to six stages of trial. He was before the Jewish authorities. He was before um, Annas and then before Caiaphas. Remember how there were two high priests at this time because Rome had deposed Annas and imposed Caiaphas as their appointee to the high priesthood. Then, uh, let's see, they went to the Roman authorities before the high council, then before Pilate, and then Pilate sent him to be seen and heard by Herod, and then Herod sent him back to Pilate. It was a long, long night. Sleep deprivation, beaten, scorned, spat upon, deprived of food. Jesus suffered greatly in that night. It was all predetermined. They knew what they wanted to do. The Jewish religious leaders had made that decision to do away with Jesus the Messiah. They could not do that themselves. They had condemned Jesus to death on religious grounds, but only the Roman government could execute with the authority of the state. So they took Jesus to Pilate, accused him of treason and rebellion, crimes for which the Roman government would give the death penalty. Now we're going to pick up as he stands trial before Pilate. John eighteen twenty eight through twenty one twenty five, John 18. Jesus' trial before Caiaphas ended in the early hours of the morning. 
Then he was taken to the headquarters of the Roman governor. His accusers didn't go in themselves because it would defile them and they wouldn't be allowed to celebrate the Passover feast. So Pilate the governor went out to them and asked, What is your charge against this man? We wouldn't have handed him over to you if he weren't a criminal, they retorted. Then take him away and judge him by your own laws, Pilate told them. Only the Romans are permitted to execute someone, the Jewish leaders replied. This fulfilled Jesus' prediction about the way he would die. Then Pilate went back inside and called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you the king of the Jews, he asked him. Jesus replied, Is this your own question, or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate asked. Your own people and their leading priests brought you here. Why? What have you done? Then Jesus answered, I am not an earthly king. If I were, my followers would have fought when I was arrested by the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate replied, You are a king then. You say that I am a king, and you are right, Jesus said. I was born for that purpose, and I came to bring truth to the world. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. What is truth? Pilate asked. Then he went out again to the people and told them, He is not guilty of any crime, but you have a custom of asking me to release someone from prison each year at Passover. So if you want me to, I'll release the king of the Jews. But they shouted back, No, not this man, but Barabbas. Barabbas was a criminal. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. John 19. Then Pilate had Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip. The soldiers made a crown of long, sharp thorns and put it on his head, and they put a royal purple robe on him. Hail, King of the Jews, they mocked, and they hit him with their fists. Pilate went outside again and said to the people, I am going to bring him out to you now, but understand clearly that I find him not guilty. Then Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said, Here is the man. When they saw him, the leading priests and temple guards began shouting, Crucify! Crucify! You crucify him, Pilate said. I find him not guilty. The Jewish leaders replied, By our laws he ought to die because he called himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was more frightened than ever. He took Jesus back into the headquarters again and asked him, Where are you from? But Jesus gave no answer. You won't talk to me, Pilate demanded. Don't you realize that I have the power to release you or to crucify you? Then Jesus said, You would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. So the one who brought me to you has the greater sin. Then Pilate tried to release him, but the Jewish leaders told him, If you release this man, you are not a friend of Caesar. Anyone who declares himself a king is a rebel against Caesar. When they said this, Pilate brought Jesus out to them again. Then Pilate sat down on the judgment seat on the platform that is called the stone pavement, in Hebrew, Gabbatha. It was now about noon of the day of preparation for the Passover, and Pilate said to the people, Here is your king. Away with him, they yelled. Away with him! Crucify him! What? Crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar! The leading priest shouted back. Then Pilate gave Jesus to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and led him away. Carrying the cross by himself, Jesus went to the place called Skull Hill, in Hebrew, Golgotha. There they crucified him. There were two others crucified with him, one on either side, with Jesus between them. And Pilate posted a sign over him that read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. The place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek, so that many people could read it. 
then the leading priest said to pilate change it from the king of the jews to he said i am the king of the jews pilate replied what i have written i have written it stays exactly as it is when the soldiers had crucified jesus they divided his clothes among the four of them they also took his robe but it was seamless woven in one piece from the top so they said let's not tear it but throw dice to see who gets it this fulfilled the scripture that says they divided my clothes among themselves and threw dice for my robe so that is what they did standing near the cross were jesus mother and his mother's sister mary the wife of clopas and mary magdalene when jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved he said to her woman he is your son and he said to this disciple she is your mother and from then on this disciple took her into his home jesus knew that everything was now finished and to fulfill the scriptures he said i am thirsty a jar of sour wine was sitting there so they soaked a sponge in it put it on a hyssop branch and held it up to his lips when jesus had tasted it he said it is finished then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit the jewish leaders didn't want the victims hanging there the next day which was the sabbath and a very special sabbath at that because it was the passover so they asked pilate to hasten their deaths by ordering that their legs be broken then their bodies could be taken down so the soldiers came and broke the legs of the two men crucified with jesus but when they came to jesus they saw that he was dead already so they didn't break his legs one of the soldiers however pierced his side with a spear and blood and water flowed out this report is from an eyewitness giving an accurate account it is presented so that you also can believe these things happened in fulfillment of the scriptures that say not one of his bones will be broken and they will look on him whom they pierced afterward joseph of arimathea who had been a secret disciple of jesus because he feared the jewish leaders asked pilate for permission to take jesus body down when pilate gave him permission he came and took the body away nicodemus the man who had come to jesus at night also came bringing about seventy-five pounds of embalming ointment made from myrrh and aloes together they wrapped jesus body in a long linen cloth with the spices as is the jewish custom of burial the place of crucifixion was near a garden where there was a new tomb never used before and so because it was the day of preparation before the passover and since the tomb was close at hand they laid jesus there you're listening to the bible live with soapy dollar john twenty early sunday morning while it was still dark mary magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance she ran and found simon peter and the other disciple the one whom jesus loved she said they have taken the lord's body out of the tomb and i don't know where they have put him peter and the other disciple ran to the tomb to see the other disciple outran peter and got there first he stooped and looked in and saw the linen cloth lying there but he didn't go in then simon peter arrived and went inside he also noted the linen wrappings lying there while the cloth that had covered jesus head was folded up and lying to the side then the other disciple also went in and he saw and believed for until then they hadn't realized that the scriptures said he would rise from the dead then they went home mary was standing outside the tomb crying and as she wept she stooped and looked in she saw two white-robed angels sitting at the head and foot of the place where the body of jesus had been lying why are you crying the angel asked her because they have taken away my lord she replied and i don't know where they have put him she glanced over her shoulder and saw someone standing behind her it was jesus but she didn't recognize him 
Why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned toward him and exclaimed, Teacher! Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go, find my brothers, and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. That evening on the first day of the week, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he held out his hands for them to see, and he showed them his side. They were filled with joy when they saw their Lord. He spoke to them again and said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Then he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you refuse to forgive them, they are unforgiven. One of the disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, We have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. He said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, You believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who haven't seen me and believe anyway. Jesus' disciples saw him do many other miraculous signs besides the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life. You're listening to the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. John 21. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there, Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, the disciples saw Jesus standing on the beach, but they couldn't see who he was. He called out, Friends, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, Throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get plenty of fish. So they did, and they couldn't draw in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water, and swam ashore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were only out about three hundred feet. When they got there, they saw that a charcoal fire was burning and fish were frying over it, and there was bread. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. And no one dared ask him if he really was the Lord, because they were sure of it. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. 
You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. Once more he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus said, Then feed my sheep. The truth is, when you were young, you were able to do as you liked and go wherever you wanted to. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will direct you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know what kind of death he would die to glorify God. Then Jesus told him, Follow me. Peter turned around and saw the disciple Jesus loved following them, the one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who among us will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, What about him, Lord? Jesus replied, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You follow me. So the rumor spread among the community of believers that that disciple wouldn't die, but that isn't what Jesus said at all. He only said, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is that disciple who saw these events and recorded them here, and we all know that his account of these things is accurate. And I suppose that if all the other things Jesus did were written down, the whole world could not contain the books. End of reading, John eighteen twenty-eight through 21, 25. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken, Lord. I'm accepted, you were condemned, yeah. I'm alive and well, your spirit is within me because you died and you one thing that I have repeated often as we've been reading through the Gospel of John, I went through this the other night at length because of the fact that Jesus knew so very much. Even the first point that I jotted down in my little book of notes here, I wrote down the fact that it confirmed to him how that he would die. It says the Jewish religious leaders took Jesus before Pilate and he said, take him away and judge him by your own law. And the Jewish leaders, these apostate Jewish leaders, they did not know the God of the Scriptures. They did not know their God, Jehovah. Jesus had already made that clear. If you knew him and honored him and loved him, you would recognize me and love me. And they did not. So these apostate Jewish leaders, now not all were. There's Nicodemus, there's Joseph of Arimathea. He was a member of the Sanhedrin. The great bulk of the early believers were Jewish. So this is not an ethnic thing. It is just definitely a matter of people knowing God and hearing God's voice and responding to their own Messiah. It was so ironic that they said, we have no king but Caesar. For their rejection of Jesus, they were driven to the extent of even declaring this false fealty to the Roman Caesar. But in the context here, they're talking to Pilate, and he said, Take him away and judge him by your own law. And they said, Only the Romans are permitted to execute someone. And parenthetically, John writes, This fulfilled Jesus' prediction about the way he would die, because Jesus had told his disciples that he would be arrested and delivered over to the Roman authorities and crucified. How did Jesus know that? Answer that question if you can for me tonight. How did Jesus know 
so many things. He knew that he was God's son. He knew that he was God incarnate. He knew that he had lived forever. How did Jesus know that he was God, the creator of the universe? He was entirely a man. How did he know that he was the Messiah, that he was that very special man in all of history? He knew that he would die. He knew the manner of his death. He had even told his disciples in advance of it. He knew that he would be raised from the dead. What an amazing thing to say. I am going to be taken, arrested, and killed. Folks, I think sometimes we forget how amazing a statement it was. Jesus told people in just a few days, not way off in the future somewhere, in just a few days, I am going to be killed, and then I'm going to come back from the grave. He knew that his disciples would grieve. He knew that the Holy Spirit would come. His disciples would suffer rejection and abuses. He had already predicted all of these things. He knew what was in store for his followers following his death and resurrection. How did Jesus know all of these things? I'd love for you to think about that in light of Scripture, what the Bible tells us. I think it's one of the great truths of the Scripture that you need to understand. Don't just say, oh, well, he was God. He knew. No, he did not know because he was God. I can tell you that for sure based on the scriptures. I ask you what I think is a very, very important question for you to know the answer to, not for your eternal destiny to go to heaven or not. I'm not talking about that. But for your understanding of the life of Jesus, and it brings an understanding to our lives. How did Jesus know the things he knew about his own life, about what awaited him, about how he would die, about his resurrection he didn't have a special source of knowledge, my friends. It wasn't in the fact that he was God because he had voluntarily laid aside his divine prerogatives and initiatives to exercise those divine powers. No, he was entirely and wholly a first century Jew and a normal human being, but he knew God's word. He knew, for example, that Psalm 22 described that the Messiah would die by crucifixion. It was a perfect, beautiful description of crucifixion 300 years before Jesus even came, he grew in faith and had to walk in faith like we do. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Soapy reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndall House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday at this time and on this station for The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Start today and in one year's time we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's Word.